This is the Living in Clarity Podcast. I'm Coach Radner. This is Rabbi Ken Spiro. Ken, people are asking all the time, what can they do with the situation going on here in Israel? Right. So that's a great question. I am getting literally on WhatsApp, especially. Yeah. Hundreds of people are messaging me. We're praying for you. What can we do? And I you know, think, Dan, there's really two levels of looking at it. There's the practical, physical, we live in the physical world level of what we can do. And then there's the more spiritual and both have to be addressed. Yeah. It's like you got like the disease on the inside and the sores on the skin from the disease. Yeah. You got to put the cream on the on the sores, but you got to deal with the disease. You got to eat that or whatever it's doing internally. Too. Right. So on a basic practical level, people, I'm telling people, there's so much need for support in the country. There's the communities destroyed in, in the area around Gaza, soldiers missing equipment. There's that kind of stuff. Any resources a person can give, they should be contributing to. Okay. You know, all of us giving just a little bit, we've learned that from crowdfunding, you know, oh, yeah. can make a big difference. And now the need is huge. And the, and the cost to Israel is going to be amazing. By the way, when it's over, I'm always telling everyone, come to Israel and visit. Well, that's how I just to actually plan a trip to Israel. Because that's what you can do. I'm a tour guide. I lost all my business, all my income gone, you know, but I'm thinking... People are saying, a guy wrote me, I'm canceling my trip. I'm not going to come for years. I said, I said, you're basically a coward. Yeah. The first thing you should do when it's quiet is get on a plane and come here. Show support. Spend your money here. Come be part of the Jewish people. You know, this is your country. This is your homeland. Also, I'm telling people, you got to be, you know, you got to be politically active. If, if you see, if there's rallies, go to them. Stand up to evil. The other side is always better organized. Yeah. These rallies, you know, literally the day after, they're screaming about how Israel is like a, Zionist occupying Nazi murderers. You got to confront it with the truth. I, I think the issue is for someone like me who grew up in a posh, you know, luxury, you know, nice, safe place in 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 Maryland, in Virginia, that we don't have that hate. See, they have this massive hate from the Jewish people, and so they go out there and they blame us for everything, whatever it is. It's always our fault, right? And for us, we don't hate them. Like we don't have this. Like when we kill a terrorist, we don't celebrate. When they, when they kill Jews, when 9-11 happened, they go and celebrate. So for us, we don't have that passion of hate. Like, we hate you. We, 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 we love Israel. We love the Jewish people. So how do we secure that support? Besides, obviously, not everyone wants to go to, to stand at these rallies where their violence could break out. Obviously, if you saw what the Hamas did to the Jewish people in Israel, what could happen at a rally in Chicago or New York or Miami or L.A.? It could happen anywhere. Well, it would, first of all. The good news is it's just not in the Jewish personality, and there is such thing as a Jewish personality. It's like a spiritual genetic. The rabbis talk about it all the time. The Jews are Rahmanim by Shanim Gomle Hasidim, that we are we are, you know, merciful and modest and we do goodness. And you can prove this by the way, historically you can show this. It's yeah. not in the it's not the Jewish way to be vengeful and violent. Not that there aren't some Jews who do it, but that's a good thing. We have to be aware that first of all what you're saying is true. There's a deeper message here about what this whole thing means for us in general, the Jewish people, whether you live in Israel or not in Israel. But it's really important we don't get intimidated. OK, we're not going to fight back and act like them. They're calling for us to go to the gas chambers. We're not going to say that back to them at all. But it's also important we don't let them scare us because, you know, Edmund Burke, who defended the American America during the American Revolution in the British Parliament, he was an Irish parliamentarian in the British parliament. He said, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And the worst thing we could do is go hide. We got to stand up and confront this. So on a more practical level, in addition to using whatever resources we have, be they financial, political connections, we got to be proactive. Show up at rallies, show your support, write to newspapers, counteract lies. There's so many websites, there's so much information going around. And of course, what happens is it's kind of like 
a reverberation. We're sharing the same information yeah. between the same people who all believe the same thing anyway. Yeah. What we need to be focusing on are those people who are not the radical jihadists, the red-green red, alliance yeah. or the extreme left that hates us and black life matters and stuff like that. We need to be focusing on those people who are in the middle who are getting bombarded from both sides. Right. But writing to politicians, the support is going to dwindle. I've been telling people since the day this started. Yeah, right now, there's a book called People Love Dead Jews. It's yeah. a great book. You know, we, get, we always get a little sympathy. There's, a lot, there's, there's some sort of algorithm, depending upon how many Jews are killed and wounded and how many horrible images there are. We're going to get a certain number of days, a wiggle room to do what we like, and then, the pre then, it's, then it turns, the, the, you know, the mainstream media, and before you know it, disproportionate response, show restraint, and we can't defend ourselves anymore. We just got to die. I know, it's amazing that you go on like CNN, and it's like a, it's like a football game. Oh, these many people died. These many people were in Israel. These many people died. These many people were in, in, in the Palestinian people. Like this is not this is not a game. It's not who's, how many people died. It, it, uh, that makes me nuts how they do that. And then you know people say, oh, they're not acting proportionally. What should Israel do proportionally? Oh, they should go in and rape women and burn them alive, slit babies' throats, kill families, entire families, up to fourteen hundred people. Oh, is that equal? Should, is that what Israel do? How do you answer that question? Well, the answer is. The, the, the real problem is the lack of clarity about truth in the world. And that is the real struggle, yes. in my opinion. It's about, and the world is dividing. Basically, whatever side of the conflict you're on, it's, it's basically showing how much in reality you live. This is the most unambiguous conflict since World War II. After Pearl Harbor, people were not marching through the streets of New York with Japanese flags. No, they were prepared for personal response. What happened since then is the world has lost its moral compass. That's, that's a much deeper conversation, by the way. And, it, you know, people, how do I know it's true or not? It's not so hard to figure out what's true here or not. If a person is dedicated to living in reality and wants to know the truth, you can wade through the propaganda floating around and come to a pretty clear historical and ideological understanding of what good is and what evil is. Yes. And the, the Jewish, Israel behaves with war restraint. This is the only people don't even begin to appreciate what it's like to live in this country, which is this little normal, right in the middle of a war. You look out my window, people are outside. I mean, a lot of em empty streets and stuff. But we're surrounded by a bunch of countries that are openly calling for our destruction, which is a violation of the, they should be thrown out of the UN, by the yeah, way. I'd like to do that. America, you don't have that. What, yeah. the Canadians are going to attack all eight of them in the army? You know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> no, seriously, we don't realize what we're living amongst the threats. All of Israel's wars are within our country, on our borders, and existentially for our survival. And people are talking about them like, yeah, they, it's just living in la-la land. Yeah. Living in la-la land, and a person has to make a decision, wherever they are, be they Jewish or non-Jewish, am I going to get the clarity and be into truth, regardless of how uncomfortable it might make me feel, and recognize that the Jewish people have a right to defend themselves and to do whatever it takes to, to make sure that we can survive, because that's what we're literally doing here. And to keep score, like imagine World War II, this many Nazis, no, no, this no. many Soviet soldiers dead. Who ever heard um, of, of fighting I mean, a war that I, I want to get back to the yeah. top we're talking about. What can I do? So we said on a physical level, plan a trip to Israel. That's one thing. Another thing they can do is to give to charities that are helping soldiers, charities that are helping the people on the ground. What are some of those charities? Do you know any of them? Well, there's, there's things like FIDS. Friends of the friends there's, of the there's you know there's thank Israeli soldiers yeah there's Hatzalah yeah there's United Hatzalah the Zaka which is the organization which has to identify the bodies there's still hundreds of bodies that are unidentified my 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 neighbor where I live here in Jerusalem he is best friends with the head of Zaka and he was telling me stories that I can't even I can't even listen to them I can't even repeat them they're so disgusting and 
and and it's almost it's, a, it's this is not humane. This is not this is not even within the realm of reality that you could imagine this could happen. Which means if it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. Yeah, these are all crimes against humanity. Yeah. People are equivocating on them. Maybe Israel's doing it. What Hamas does, whether it's to Israelis or its own population, is war crimes and crimes against humanity. But there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's Magad Adon. Yeah. You know, the, oh, yeah. There, there's, there's, there's Hatzalah. There's so many different organizations. Let me, let me explain to you about Hatzalah because I'm reading the book called 90 Seconds, which is about Eli Beer. Eli Beer started his organization because he noticed that, and this is true in a lot of cities, that when someone calls for an ambulance, it takes five, 10, 20 minutes to get there. And many times someone's having a heart attack, someone's choking, and it's too late. But there's so many people that are within a block or the same building that have actually saved someone's lives. So that's how he started to sell it. These are people who live in the community, who have beepers, and who are uh, EMTs or doctors, and they can save people's lives. They might not be you know, the top doctors there, but they can save someone's life in a minute. And, and, and the book's called 90 Seconds because his goal was to have someone on the scene in 90 seconds. And it's now become a reality in many countries, many cities around the world. New York's got it. Miami's got it. Baltimore's got it. Chicago has it. I don't know if the lake has it. The lake has it. I'm sure they do. It's all It is here in Jerusalem. And that is a great organization because they save people's lives. Right. So there's plenty of stuff like that. And also what's really, really important is to keep the political pressure up. Because like a country like America's support for Israel is critical on a strategic level. And you can see people are all, you know, the political right in America tends to be more ambiguous about the support for Israel. Right. There's a lot of people vacillating in the center of the Democratic Party. It's yes. divided 100 percent. It's not me making this up. You can see it on the yeah. percentages of people who support and don't support. you got to write your congressman, write the White House. It's so critical. And America plays such a key role in the world. Their ability to block Security Council resolutions. And America is the one great superpower that spends more on its defense budget than the next 10 countries in the world combined. So this is critical. You know, God runs the world, but we got to act in the physical world and do whatever we can do. And people shouldn't rest. We should never become complacent. We should always be brazenly out there, proud of how Israel is behaving connected to the Jewish people and as proactive as possible in every way we can be. Okay, that's on a physical level. What can we do if we're not living in Israel and we, we, what we do on a spiritual, on a deeper level, what can we do spiritually? Right, so there, there you know, uh, I always talk about where the rabbi had and the historian had, and it's a fundamental belief in Judaism, there's a God who runs the world. And everything that happens in the physical world, for good or for bad, is somehow related on a metaphysical level to our relationship with God. And when bad things happen, this is a fundamental, important point to understand in Jewish worldview, and as we call it, bad things happening to us are always on some level a manifestation of us not keeping our side of the bargain. That's right. And how we're dealing with each other. So I'm saying as Jews, it is so important. There's so many Jews who are lost from Judaism. We're Jews for every ism but Judaism. We're even showing up at pro you know, Hamas rallies yeah, and know. screaming because it's just Jews. Oh, we care about everyone. Yeah. But everyone's right. Yeah. So to, obviously, the more a Jew is connected to Judaism, his Jewish identity, the more likely he or she will be connected to Israel and support Israel. That's an important thing. But we have to recognize that we are living in the diaspora, the exile, which, by the way, is a punishment, even though it's very comfortable, possibly in, you know, living in in, in, in Maryland somewhere, California or New York, exile can be pretty comfortable, but it's still a punishment. And the Talmud says, the rabbis tell us that the second temple was destroyed because of causeless hatred of one Jew for another. And causeless hatred is an interesting idea. No one hates another person for no reason. I just hate you. No, no. But causeless hatred is, you really didn't do anything to me, but I disagree with you. I don't like the way your world's view. It could be a really small thing, by the way. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to, 
Instead of focusing on what unites you and I together, we're going to fight amongst ourselves. And I saw this coming. I was saying this for months. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Israel, before all this, and now we just forgot about it. I know. But with what went on with the last elections and judicial reform and the country splitting and the protests, and not, thank God, not big violence and looting, but a lot of unrest from the police and blocking highways. I'm saying God is sitting there saying, my children, I can't stand to see you trying to kill each other. I'm going to send Gentiles to do it. And I've seen this over and over again from a historian's perspective that almost all first intifada, second intifada, when we start fighting amongst ourselves, that's when the external pressure begins. Because when that happens, anyone here sees this. And the Jewish world sees this. Suddenly, we put all our differences aside. Everything is quiet. No one's honking on the street. Everyone's waiting in lines. People are helping each other. Because then we realize that, you know what? The people who hate us don't give a damn about what we believe what kind of keep are we wear, whether we keep kosher or not, whether we're right-wing or left-wing, Republican or Democrat. In Auschwitz, there's only one line. And why does it take people to kill us to get us to recognize that? So now we're unified. We're ready to fight. The big, my big fear in was when this is over and we'll win, unfortunately, they're going to pay a heavy price for it. We've already paid a very heavy price. It's the largest loss of Jewish life since the Holocaust. We're going to go back to fighting each other again. Yeah. So we need to make a paradigm shift internally, individually, and collectively in that we are all part of the Jewish people. We can agree to disagree. You know, any parent gets this line, especially if you have teenagers. You don't always like your kids, but you always love them. Yeah. That's why you let them live to go to college. <laughs> I don't have to agree with you. You're my brother. You're my sister. I got to love you and I got to respect you. Yeah. And we got to agree to disagree and we got to be together on this. And we have a unique mission. We got to focus all that incredible energy and drive we have on a mission that all Jews can get into. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's answer the question. We, what we can do physically, we, did, we talked about what we do spiritually. What can we do as people? Now, for me, people ask me all the time, and I say, for me personally, to I talk to my Jewish brethren in, in America, I'm like, to my, I'm like, you know what? It'd be great if you could tip Shabbos. You know, one of the greatest mitzvahs in the Torah, I've mentioned it 37, 38 times, is tipping Shabbos. And it is, it, it is a spiritual dynamo when a family spends time together, gets off of the social media, gets off of the news. And I think that you can't keep a whole Shabbos, keep part of whatever it is you can do. I think that is a, for me, spiritually, I think definitely how it's a good to do. Yeah, by the way, it's great to get off the news nowadays because yes. everyone's glued to it and it just gives you anxiety. Oh my gosh, that's what right. I said. But the bottom line is, by the way, this is the reason why I'm doing this and, and I'm, I'm doing this podcast because I can't, I have to do something. I can't right. sit at home and wait for the studio. This is why I'm not in the studio now. I'm, I'm in people's departments because I want to do something to help the world. I want to hit, do something to help the Jewish people. And, I, and, and this is, you know, I'm writing a book on uh, self, low self-esteem. And thank God I'm using some of my tools. I really need it because I have been severe anxiety. And I don't have any kids in the army. You know, like, but still, it's really hard for me. Yeah, well, you're, again, that's, you're, you're a great example of what you can do. Because whatever ability you have, if you're an influencer, you can speak. Whatever we can do, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But to get back to your answer... We all have to get back to doing what the Jewish people are supposed to do. There's a lot of confusion about that. On the, on the non-Orthodox world, it's just to be Jews for social justice. Social justice is a part of Judaism, but it's not Judaism. Uh, often in the Orthodox world, it's, I got to just do more prayers. Praying is amazing. We have to yeah. pray. I got to keep more kosher. Mm-hmm. I got to keep stricter Shabbat. I got to dress more modestly. No, we got to recognize that the job of the Jewish people from our very beginning is to be a role model for the world. God says, be holy because I'm holy. What does holiness mean? Holiness means to be godlike, to live and act in a way that God would be happy with us. Yes. You know, we're doing stuff. Reb Noach Weinberger, my Rosh Hashiva, he used to say when he was a little kid, he was thinking of doing something questionable. His father would say in Yiddish, no, 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 what do you think God thinks about that one? I would say live through the 
lives through the lens of God. Exactly. Judaism is not a religion. Judaism is a relationship. It's about a relationship with God. <coughs> and so you have to act. Am I, if I'm acting your way, do you think God would like me to act like this way? Do you think God wants me to yell at my wife? Do you think God wants me to, to curse? Do you think God, you know, it gives us these, this amazing mouth. We, we have many languages we can speak. And, you know, do you want, I hate to say crap, come in your mouth. And people speak, you know, especially younger people. And I used to do the same thing, curse all the time. I mean, not that it's, not that it's, it's just, it's trash. You're like, you know, and, and uh, think, of, think about every action you make in your life. Does God want me to act this way? Exactly. And I really think, and we've had this conversation before, it's all about balance. Yeah. Because being holy is often, especially in the religious world, viewed as being more keeping stringencies with the big guy, which is good. We all need, we're all on a ladder, whether you're completely, uh, you know, Jew for every ism, but Judaism or the most orthodox Jew living in Meishim or B'nai Barak, we're all on the same ladder. We have to all be moving up. So you're thinking about keeping Shabbat. Take something upon yourself that connects you spiritually. Prayer is a great thing. You know, Shabbat, even if it's not the whole Shabbat, start Friday night, turn the TV off and your, and your phone off for two right. hours and right. sit and have a meal and be spiritual and focused. But also remember that we have to proactively Look for opportunities to be doing good in this world, to be representing the Jewish people in the way God wants us to be acting. What if you're not Jewish? I have a lot of non-Jewish friends. Went to Mary Washington College, went to Groveton High School. I have a lot of friends. So I've been, t- I've, I've said, and I, I put something on Facebook recently that they should pray, pray for the Jewish people. Yeah, anyone can pray any time of the day, anywhere in the world, as much as you want, as little as you want. Talk to God. Yeah, send him, send you, know, ask him to 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 send healing and salvation to the Jewish people and to Israel. Right, and we don't, we don't have a monopoly on relationship with God. God no, it's every, God God, every, everybody, everybody should have a relationship with God. Right. Jewish, not, it doesn't matter. Right, we're all his children. We just have a unique responsibility yeah. as an intermediary between God and humanity. We're so like we, the crossing guards. In right, ways. exactly. We, we're held to a higher level of accountability, but it's the same, it's the same uh, game plan for humanity. It's all about having a relationship with God. So, you know, to the extent that anyone, any human being decides they want to live in truth and live in reality. And by the way, the litmus test for this is like that book, The Israel Test by George Gilder. What you think about Israel is largely sort of like the barometer for how in reality you are. That's a great, he put it, he said, that's the yeah. real test. That's the Israel test. So my non-Jewish friends, and I have a lot, a lot of them are right-wing Christians, by the yeah. way. And I can see it's precisely they're kind of holding in the same place I am precisely because they believe there's, a, there's good and there's bad, there's evil, there's righteousness. God gave us a system of how to behave. And the best way to demonstrate this is by supporting the Jewish people in Israel, whatever way I can, like we talked about before, by also showing up, you know, there's a lot more non-Jews out there. It could be a lot more influential in terms of politics and public opinion oh, sure. and financial support than there are Jews. There's only maybe 14, 15 million of us and there. Are hundreds of millions of non-Jews in the world who could be doing this. You can take a side, you can help. You know, you can be a supporter. We Jews don't believe. You know, only Jews get to heaven. Yeah. Righteous people go to heaven. Yeah. Okay. We're stuck with a responsibility. Yeah. But it's, no one likes that word responsibility. Yeah. Responsibilities are very hard. I just want to like do what feels good. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, but it's such an important point. And they're asking me too, what can I do? And I tell them the exact same thing I tell my Jewish friends. Be a better human being. Be more godlike. It's not just for Jews to be godlike. Support, do the things you could do, support Israel politically, support Israel in public opinion, support Israel on social media, give money, go out to rallies. There's a lot, I'm telling you, that is the real tide that has to be turned because the world is dividing and now people are picking sides. Am I going to be on the side of truth and reality and absolute values and goodness and godliness? Or am I going to be on the side of, you know, falsehood, basically illusion? And ultimately that, even though a lot of these people are not evil, 
leads to evil. Moral yeah. relativism and lack of clarity will lead to Auschwitz. That's what happens. That's what the world used to be like before we brought the idea of one God and absolute morality into the world. And that's the issue that is teetering on the brink now in humanity. And humanity is being asked through this conflict, like a bullseye, the extent that a person is more on target and focusing on the bullseye and understand what's really at stake here, which is not the survival of the little state of Israel, but the, the, but the triumph of truth over falsehood, of good over evil, that is the real struggle here. And people have to take sides. That's 100% what's going on. And that's where the non-Jewish world needs to decide what side they're on. All right. Thank you, Ken. That was amazing. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know it's uh, a very hard time. It's very hard to talk about. But we have to get the message out there that you can do something. And those two things, one is physical, give to these organizations we mentioned. And number two is spiritual. If you're Jewish, not Jewish. If you're Jewish, you obviously pray and you, you do keep our Shabbat and you send blessings to the Jewish people. And if you're not Jewish, you just pray. Pray to God and become a better person. Uh, be a moral person and try to change the world because it's your job to change the world, not let the world change you. Thank you very much. This is the Living Clarity Podcast.